0: hi guys we're here with an episode of famous conversations with Angela Edmonds Angela is a stylist designer consultant and many things as it relates to the world of fashion and she is also the founder of showroom 77 so Angela go ahead and tell us what showroom 77 is Showroom 77
1: began in 2006 as Philadelphia's first multi clothing and accessory label showroom. All right. Got it.
0: <laughs> so, when you started that brand, what was what was the reason behind starting Showroom, showroom 77?
1: Well, basically the um I saw an opportunity. Okay. So, the space, getting an opportunity to move into a larger space the space was supposed to be for my line because I was designing at that time period but I saw that there were a lot of designers that were creative mm-hmm. but didn't weren't completely on the business minded sense that organizational side right. of it so it was the creativity and the, the business fighting itself with that so um, a lot of designers didn't want to be the one that would have to contact the buyers or um, they didn't have things like sales terms they to protect them or different things like that so um, I saw a need and I said, you know what, Philadelphia doesn't have anything like that. It right. be a support or help or have a resource of where um, a buyer could go. There's so much talent that was mm-hmm. here or a stylist, um, you know, that wanted to go to someplace else to pull. So Philly only had single label designer showrooms, okay. like So um, So that's how Showroom 77, became Philadelphia's first multi-label right. showroom. So New York, LA are known for it. They have multiple showrooms right. um, and that and that's where it began. I just saw a need and had an opportunity with the space and just started working on it and, and started and it from it there.
0: So at the time, um, you said you saw a need for that in Philadelphia, at the time, where did you see Philadelphia's fashion scene going since there was a need for it where did you see that Philadelphia was and where they were headed?
1: I saw Philadelphia's fashion scene growing mm-hmm. and I saw that there were uh, designers th- that Philadelphia's fashion wasn't just Philadelphia's fashion. there was designers from other states yeah. there were uh, when I started the showroom there were designers internationally that were searching the US mm-hmm. and were calling and finding me from here so there were designers, all over right. that we're just looking for something um, different, or let's just say maybe more of a boutique style of okay. consulting of a business. Gotcha. And um, and that's where they really refining also that network in in Philly. So I mean, Philly was growing in fashion with just with the development that's happened with Philly Fashion right. Week and how it's grown over all the years. I Makes think sense. it just, it was at a point that it was, it was growing. It was needed. Okay. It was, needed. It was so, growing.
0: The showroom 77 wasn't your first touch point into the world of fashion. Obviously you had done much more work before that. Take me
1: back into what led like, you up rare, to, yeah, <laughs> take you <back> to the <laughs> beginning, all the way back to the start of it. So, um, so I started the, the parent company of, of showroom 77 is Sarai Style. All right. So Sarai Style started in 99, which was my senior year in college. I was at Temple. Temple, I was there, my degree was journalism. Temple had no fashion. So we did something. There was a complete no switch. complete elite switch. So I was the fashion person in my journalism classes. So you came to school in style. And everybody and noticed. Just, I back then I don't even know what we were doing. It was like back in the 90s style. But um but what we were doing on campus fashion-wise, though, we had a community of fashion Mm. shows, theatrical fashion shows that would happen. That was the fashion. So it was like fashion groups on campus. And then it was uh, myself, um, uh, my line, and models. And then also uh, Charles Gregory, which is a new stylist. Uh-huh. We both went to the Temple together, and his was the other fashion, big fashion <laughs> line on campus. Nice. So we were the two big fashion Dining lines. already. And then, and we both had our own sets of models. Okay. So it was like we we were the the, you know, America's Next Top Model back in the day. <laughs> temple for college campus vibes, right. kind of a thing. So it was it was interesting. It was a collective. So that was the fashion vibe on campus. Okay and um you set the standard (laughs) (laughs) and um so seeing here so it's but when i was doing the fashion aside from what i was doing on fashion journalism Mm -hmm. my collection when i started i was doing it as a hobby and then one day a family friend was like oh you need to take your design more seriously Mm -hmm. and that's where i did and i started combining just my degree and everything else with it but i was self-taught so I was because I was already halfway through college. Mm-hmm. I didn't leave and transfer and then right. go to design school. So I was self-taught in design and everything so else I was doing at that time. Did everything on your own Be- before my first sewing machine. I was sewing by hand. Oh. Then it was like I got my <laughs> first sewing machine. Then I did one internship at a boutique. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a small boutique uh, that used to be in an old city called Lele. Okay. And that's where I learned how to just sew on industrial machines. Hmm. But other than that, um, it was just a lot of trial and error with things. But that in 99, I started Soraya Style okay. with the clothing line, the model management. I was already working doing special events okay, as a special events manager for there. And um, so it's already doing that. So then working with my line people were seeing me style for my shows and my models Mm -hmm. and things and started to ask me to go in the style for their shoots and their other things so it was like from going from uh styling models Mm -hmm. and just fashion shoots to then it started to go into um, linking with a certain photographer mm-hmm. that ended up going into music artists. Okay. So then it started going in. Now it's transitioning okay. territories from just you know just fashion shoots right. to artist shoots. Artist shoots being for music video yeah. for um, album cover labels. So that's how I connected um, back then with Kindred the Family Soul. It was their right. um, you know in the um, in this Life Together album cover. You know so um, it just it advanced from there and then they had a boutique and when they did their rebranding for their boutique they you. asked yeah. me to come on, and then i did that so it was like music soul child was there um when that shoot um nikki chi anthony hamilton so it was it was a whole collective now, i was the stylist right back then on there um so then music styling mm-hmm. then started to go into film <laughs> So it's like everything, everything, everything I've ever done has been a situation of it evolved and it took the experiences from everything else and took it it right into the next thing. So all of that was going on. And then it was the situation where 2006 Mm -hmm. happened and I had the opportunity for this space. Prior to that, college, I was in my apartment when I started my... Company yeah. start the company got rid of my bed was sleeping on like my floor and my couch for five years okay. turned it into basically like the manufacturing so
0: really just you know what I mean like the sewing
1: machines the, beginning, beginnings. the meetings the kind means the mo- our model meetings before it shows everything was happening I just I I gave up personal space and that's God. that's the interesting thing I gave up personal space in 99 all the way to right right so let me take it
0: a little bit back because you talked about a couple different industries that you're in here so as a college student with a focus in journalism and then an interest in fashion where did you start to put the business of fashion piece into what you were doing you know you have a style you're a stylist you're working with models who taught you how to manage all these different pieces of business that you were starting to go into or how did you start to pick
1: up on what to do, when to do it, how to do it? Um, I would say it's just from working on other projects, being just, I think, observing, and also just research on different things. I mean, um, when I was, before I was in college, um, in high school, I was designing, but I was designing just as a hobby Mm -hmm. for people for prom. So I didn't know how to make it then. Huh. So it was a situation where I would sketch it and then they'd have an aunt or a or a. <laughs> I oh, My sketch is not as good as But I would sketch it and then they would take the design to okay. their grandmother, mother, aunt, to get it made. who would then make the dress. Uh-huh. So in terms of in high school, like then I had their more um, college, had a program for okay. teenagers. And I thought it was going to teach us how to sew mm-hmm. and in that program we more so were learning sketching but we had a program and fashion show and everybody had a role of you know whatever you wanted to sign up for so i ended up being signing up for being like the production okay. person you know to really on that so That was my back then. That was my first experience putting together and saying, okay, models are lined up. This is how you do a lineup. Here's how this goes. Did you even know
0: that you were becoming a producer? I didn't. I
1: didn't know that. So then, when I then later in in high school, um, I did a fashion show because I was on a a club in high school. Okay. And I did a fashion show in high school. So it was just in that time period of high school. There were only two fashion shows. And then by the time I hit college, and got with this yeah. creative you fashion collective. It was working with the shows, the fashion shows, and the behind the scenes and right. stuff yeah. in college. And then I also used to model. So everything that is I've there done. you
0: haven't done? I feel like we're <laughs> touching so many different categories. Every time he gives you another piece of the story. And I also, like, wait a
1: minute. Because that's where <laughs> the learning, my school of a lot of what I've done has been mm-hmm. life. That's, that's what true. it is, you know? So. I have a journalism degree. Mm -hmm. I've been the fashion editor of a magazine. I was covering New York Fashion Week back when it was in the tents in Bryant Park before it got to Lincoln Center. Then I was covering at Lincoln Center. So the journalism part, I put together with that. So in journalism, what else do you learn also in the communications part is also the PR part and writing press Mm -hmm. releases and things Mm -hmm. of that sort. So you take, you take that. So I always felt like for a fashion show, mm-hmm. I could teach the models how to, to walk in it. I could walk in it myself. I could photograph it. I could produce it. I could manage the backstage. <laughs> I could manage the front stage. And I could write the article about it and design the oh clothes gosh. that are walking down it. know? You, you sleep know? at all? at any point there were many years <laughs> there's a lot of time with those sleep. So like, but it was no like i on. always felt with things with business that whatever you do learn every aspect right. of it because if somebody else exactly. if, you, if somebody else is going to come on or when you're starting it's just you yep. you know and if somebody so, drops
0: out you'll be able to cover it so left
1: like out. an example when i when i was styling it was one thing to style something and do it for me. Mm-hmm. There's other things you just have to think of further details when you're doing it for someone else. Right. But then as I started to expand with that and it was a situation for, um, let's say music videos and film, mm-hmm. I realized, okay, well, there was one I was on that there was only just me and there's you know the makeup artist. There right. was no hairstylist. But the lead love interest in it showed up not with her hair done. Don't tell me you had to. Don't tell me you had to. Pay. I learned you always have to be prepared for every situation. So I didn't just pack my kit with things for styling clothes. I made sure I had curling irons. I had pins. I had a few other just basic kind right, of stuff. just in case. You know what I mean? Just in case. Because at the end of the day, that final look and a pull together, I could have said... You know the makeup artist. She knew how to do hair, right. but she was like, "You know what? I'm only getting paid for the makeup, so I'm not going to do the hair." But you could mm-hmm. have, what's it going to look like with this lead right. love interest? She has great makeup. Her clothes look great, but her the hair, hair is messy. Has to be on point too. The whole look has mm-hmm. to be there and come together. So no, I didn't get paid extra to do it, but I did her hair right. to make sure that because Every at the end of the day, together. as the stylist. It's the full look right. that comes together, you know? On another right. shoot, I was on... Um, I remember it was... Um, and, the, and the song just came on the radio the other day. Uh, Jill Scott's uh, Shame video. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and I was the stylist for the extras. Like, just making sure the accessories and all their clothes and everything mm-hmm. was straight but there. And then her background singers um, thought... That for her background performers for it thought they were getting their makeup done by her makeup artist, and that was not. And the case. that <laughs> wasn't the case, and there were, uh, like two or two or two or three of them. I think it was like three backup people. Two out of the three knew how to do their makeup.
0: Okay,
1: so you still one of them did not. And all of a sudden I'm in one room and I hear Angela, we need you, you know? And I'm like, okay, did not know what it was for. And the one, I don't know, I was the same complexion pretty much as the other two. The one that needed the makeup was was, and she was light skin. And I'm like, I don't, I, like do I don't have foundation. I don't have, you know what I mean? Things of mine. To go. Luckily, she had her foundation she with just her. She just didn't know what to, how to do it. She, she didn't have shadows. She didn't have the rest of the other okay. stuff. So, so luckily, what I had packed of my makeup in colors, as long as she had the foundation, I was able Good. to go and do the shadow and the lining and the lipstick and the other stuff. <laughs> and I did her makeup. And that was the first time wow. I did makeup for an on-camera makeup for pairs, something styling. for that. Okay. But it just...
0: Happened. it's
1: like who would have thought i don't know why it wasn't part of the plan it it, wasn't part of the plan but my name just got called from the other room and it was like okay stop this well at this
0: point you built a reputation of you know
1: being somebody who's always prepared so they probably figured you know what if anybody's gonna know how to fix this angela will and and that's what happened it happened on another shoot in a situation (laughs) like that and it was it was a black makeup artist that didn't know how to do black faces well, that's interesting. That was, it was the most Did she interesting her situation. She could do her own, but, but she no couldn't do others. And nobody knew this. And the, it was a mixed group of models. Someone and so... Bug, it's called again. Then <laughs> again... In that situation, okay. go to, so one thing, when I started to notice things like mm-hmm. that, I would just come prepared with more things it might kit right. to be ready. And that's, that's definitely important work. And you learn throughout the process to go and, yeah. you know, what kinds of things and stuff that you need. Um, I, when I was, when, um, the movie brotherly love, I was mm-hmm. the wardrobe supervisor and. and that movie I- still makes me so upset.
0: But let me, let me get back to this. It <laughs> makes me so upset every time I see him. Oh.
1: And um, I remember there was there was one mile, she had a white dress. And, you know, it takes everybody sitting around for... It, it Scenes to shoot them can take mm-hmm. forever in sitting around. And then it was like finally at the point it hits when they're going to be almost ready to go and shoot this one person. I don't know what happened. <laughs> if, if because of sitting for so long... She decided to, like, take the dress off so nothing else would get on it if you eat in mm-hmm. between time. And it was covered in foundation. Oh, gosh. And it was like, okay, now we're finally ready to shoot. And now the dress oh, is covered gosh. in foundation. So now how do we fix this? So how do we fix this? I create a washing machine out of a box. <laughs> I'm like, find me a cardboard box, a plastic garment bag, oh, like, a, like, a, like a shirt bag. Yeah. And some, and I had some like little detergent stuff or whatever. And I was in there on a chair in the in the trailer, washing this dress, and you know, and doing that whatever it it took. And I'm there like literally as a full hand wash, putting it through its own little rinse cycle, kind of a thing, and drying it. This is to be ready. Insane. It just happens. Things just would come up and things would happen. Okay, so let me
0: take that into the now. So 1999, back in college years, that's where you got started. Um, You've done so much from then up to the 2006 point and then up to the now point where we are in 2019. With this idea of having to learn to adapt and with the changes, what I'm really interested in hearing about is Philly's current state of fashion today and how you've adapted and changed with it as you've seen it change from 99 when you got started to
1: now. I think what, um, has changed for me is the original concept of the showroom. Okay. So the showroom, when it, it opened, it was dealing with wholesale, retail, multi clothing and accessory, uh, designers, labels, um, And it was about going in and trying to get them into stores and get them Mm placed and things of that sort. What I realized through time is there's so many talented people that are missing certain other business fundamental Mm. portions that they're finding success on certain marketing ends. Okay. But they're only getting to... A certain point, or, or, or something's missing, right? And so, it's really looking at that. And it's not even a situation of just um, with young designers, and it's not even just in fashion, mm-hmm. even it's other small business, it could be a hair salon, it could be you know, anything. There's it's small business owners, it's right. entrepreneurs, um, and just understanding different things in business structure. Mm-hmm. So I think also the change that you face that's going on now, when you think of things like a showroom in stores, you have a big switch. You have more online shopping yes. that's happening now. So a lot of people trying to understand too, how you're marketing oh for gosh. social media like and my online. Night, my now. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the shopping and the market it's itself different. is different and has changed. You know, and so also when you look at, um, I'm on the advisory board for Harcum University. Mm -hmm. I've guest spoke at a number of different universities, and I'm finding um, more are also interested now within what they're learning within the curriculum and what they're graduating with. Mm -hmm. There's some missing points in just the realistic world of getting out there in the business of fashion and, and basic things to think of. And when I mean or speak or in some of the basics and the, the fundamentals of it, I'm talking about, okay, you want to go and sell, you know, are you doing direct sales mm-hmm. or do you want to go into wholesale? If you're trying to make that switch, okay, what is your production like? Right. What are your minimums? You know, do you have all the paperwork to go in to protect you? Mm-hmm. Are you pricing out your, your, um, collections correctly, right. you know, different things like that. Um,
0: so it sounds like there's a lot of the business of fashion that isn't necessarily taught in the curriculum, but you have people like yourself, you go in and you seek, because you have all of this real life experience,
1: you can go in and talk right. to everybody from the beginning. Here are things that you should be thinking Here's about. Here's things, right. Here's ways to help structure it organize it so before you get here Mm -hmm. before you go to for a showroom represent you make sure you have this this go to this this Mm -hmm. and this portion knowing that the way that um things have switched anyway with now and online it's so important to have your site (laughs) optimized you know so it's understanding having certain search words Mm -hmm. or things like if somebody googles you like Take time to actually Google Absolutely. yourself. See what comes up with it. You know, anybody, I was always surprised for years because anybody overseas that reached out to me mm-hmm. found me by Googling the US. Right. And I literally was like, seriously, like you, you literally just Googled and you and you called me. But it
0: really is about those but keywords But it really, use. And yeah. I
1: realized, um, you know, my webmaster was great at that for whatever was put in there, is the plugins mm-hmm. and the tags and the key things. Yep. It was optimized enough to make it easily able to be googled and found under different categories now
0: i think that's something that um when it comes to marketing specifically that a lot of people don't necessarily think about when they first put up a website when you put up a website it's make sure you get it up there so you have a landing page to drive people to but obviously the back end of it makes the most makes a lot of sense because you need to make sure your seo is up to par so when people are searching that you can come up in results as it comes to the digital age and the age of mobile and things are continuously growing in that direction, how has um social media played a part in the methodology behind fashion now, how things are being sold? Because like you said, a lot of things are going digital, a lot of boutiques are popping up, a lot of people mm-hmm. can are starting stores via Instagram before even taking it to online. So how has the industry shifted that way and
1: how well see right there, that's the shift. <laughs> Is because look at when instagram started when instagram started everybody was just posting pictures right then as time went on now we have the little white the shopping little bag. Button. Mm-hmm. you know but for just the shopping bag part is one little white dot yeah. that goes over and it was like oh you can click over this and you right. can see what this information on this piece okay now you can click on this piece open and now, you can, now you can instagram. open the store with it now you can buy it on here right. everything is about getting it now yeah. Now Instagram's launched. Oh, now we want to keep you in Instagram shopping. Exactly. So that we're now Stay not taking you off Yep, going to the other site. So, um, and then you have the Instagram ads. Absolutely. Then you have the hashtags. You could put up always, a piece. Yep.
0: Always to get in front of a new audience.
1: Right. So it's like, you know, there's sometimes They'll put up pieces. Mm-hmm. But if you put a picture and there's no hashtag with it, The only people who are seeing it are the people people that are following you. So it's even just understanding how to find good hashtags Mm -hmm. to put with it. Understand, you know, understanding the hashtags.
0: Let me get your take on that a little bit because I think the max number of hashtags that you can use on an Instagram post is about 30 or so. Mm -hmm. What do you have to say when you see a post that is a a fashion-related post? It's a boutique somebody's selling. If they have the full number of hashtags, do you advise against it? Is there something about um, the appeal of... The advertisement or l- not looking too much like an ad that plays a difference in the fashion aspect of social media.
1: I mean, I think if I see like 30 hashtags after a play, I mean, I'm not reading through all right. 30. So <laughs> it's like it, it, it when you're seeing that many hashtags, it does look excessive, mm-hmm. you know, for a bit. But if you're catching me with what's in the visuals right. first. I'm not focusing, I'm really not focusing as much on your hashtags. Mm -hmm. I'm focusing more on your hashtags when they really are actually saying something, because you'll notice a lot of times if you're seeing literally like 30 hashtags, some of them could be one word things. So it could have even have just been, you know, unless it was right, pick, pick of the day, you know, like the color, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's with that, as opposed to if it's a message within the hashtag. So there's differences in those, but I think if you're catching um more everyone's so much more visual into video now absolutely so if it's a video i'm really into the video and i'm not even really i mean even podcasts now have changed the hashtag.
0: from audio to visual now so yeah. everybody has a video associated with it everything yeah. is changing and evolving
1: but i think that the hashtag is more so for to get that to pop up right in the other port in somewhere in that search on the mm-hmm. other part so that when i'm clicking on you know like the magnifying glass the search part right. and you go to that search page all those other things that pop up that are there in their hashtag i found really cool stuff yeah just going through those through that right just going through those and saying oh that's interesting Oh, go over yeah. here and check out that or there so it's more so using the hashtag to the advantage there's um a company that i had as a client um that was an interior uh design mm-hmm. uh company and um by rebranding their social media and adding more thought out hashtags mm-hmm. that fall into higher search yep. hashtag categories that match with them. They but doing the rebranding more to more of an editorial style mm-hmm. of photographs gave them increased traffic yep. of more of, of the kind of interior designers that they want to also Absolutely. attract. So you know, even for them, it even um, attracted a firm that ended up being a whole new sales t- territory in a whole no- you know in another country mm-hmm. rather than another state just from the hashtag. Just from hashtags and making it look more editorial style. Okay, so
0: on that piece too, going a little bit broader than social media, and kind of relating this to Philly, but also mm-hmm. on a broader scale, when it comes to marketing a brand how do you feel that philly designers are taking advantage of the changes that are happening are um do you see a lot more people in person at events do you see a lot of people using social media or going online how do you see the branding and promotions changing in the city
1: i see them definitely online on social on social media more so on just posting from cell Mm -hmm. phones and, and video and things of that sort um what i still think misses some within the branding is um when you're at a show and you have the run of show going Mm -hmm. there's hardly as i mean if if you're looking at 20 lines going on you know going on a run of show maybe five out of 20 actually have a business card a postcard something have some like most yeah. don't have information that goes to the VIP in those seats and you feel like that's one of the and, most important pieces. and I think that's important is having something because it's like your name goes up the line shows but if you're trying to get the press it's like if you're doing do the event you? what are you trying to get yeah. out of the event so you're either trying to get new customers mm-hmm. you're trying to get a up mm-hmm. or some, some, some kind of or or you're or somebody, trying to get yeah. the exposure. So, how does someone go back and find you or make a note right. if, unless they take a picture of your name when it comes right. up on the screen, and then they take a picture of the pieces that they saw? <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then go back and then try to Google and search right. your name. That's Which is one so there many extra
0: steps for them to have to do for right. them
1: to do. So, you know, I think if there was more intent put into you know how they were packaging Mm -hmm. themselves for so whether it was a um a shopping you know event i think there's a lot of when designers are part of bigger events They leave it to the promotions of the person hosting the event to take over and just do it. And they're not also working on what's representing of their own package that they're putting out. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not just a repost and say, hey, come check me out here. Right. Maybe it's having that constant contact that MailChimp and something and putting a specific blast out to your own Mm -hmm. mailing list. Having another form of an invitation or something that you do and reach out, right. have a press release of your own that don't you invite press that you to that would out. like to be there as well right. to say, Come and check me out. I'm showing one so and so day as a part of this event. Instead, it's left yeah. to whoever's putting on whoever's doing the event. So then the press come, but then you have nothing right. that's there.
0: They saw your line, but they no way saw to your line, you.
1: but then how are they really contacting mm-hmm. you? And then if you walk away from it and feel, oh, I didn't get anything. Right. Well, how are they supposed okay. to? You know,
0: that makes total sense. I, so, so
1: I think it's it's thinking in that kind of way of really going into the events with intention, um, with intention and yeah. purpose. And that's why I say find your purpose. Is it is it just for entertainment? Mm-hmm. You know. And that's why for for designers, if it's a show and the person's, you know, uh, charging like for for some shows. Let's say, for example, if if it's a case where it's entertainment, you're asked as a designer to do a show Mm -hmm. and the person's making all the money off the show. And you don't get press, you don't get a new, new you know, new clients or things like that, then you should be paid to do the show (laughs) because you should be the paid entertainment. You know what I mean? So that was something back when I was showing my Mm life, you know, it was there were times that it was like, yeah. You pay, you get paid to do because if you're not going to have the press there, Mm -hmm. if you're not going to have any of those other opportunities, there has to be some benefit to to the because still for the designer it's business, right? Unless you're just doing it just to get your name out there.
0: Okay, Angela, you have a lot of important information to share on this. So, how involved are you right now with (laughs) Philly Fashion Week? Because all of this stuff seems very much related to, you know, the designers, which you've worked with uh, many, many of designers, you've been to many runway shows, so you have all the knowledge and experience. How much of that experience
1: are you passing on to Philly Fashion Week now? I've, um, over the years, I've actually offered, um, I give discounts for my consulting services okay. for any designer that is a part showing as a part of fashion week. So that's something I've always just put out there offered and, um, Kevin and Kara have always been supportive to go in and let the designers know that that is available to them. So that's always been available, whether somebody takes advantage of it or not, it's, it's always been there and available. Um, what I'm excited about is, um, this fall, I will be able to work more with the designers because I, um, have been added to the actual, Team, so I get to work with the you know affiliate fashion week's team, and so I'm excited to be able to get that opportunity to really just yeah, really work more with the designers Mm -hmm. that are showing and, and just through that process and everything, so that you know. Hopefully anybody who's missing those areas. Yes, I'm gonna see some know, cards on the back. Right. Maybe then cards players. or the you know I'll see a press release go out. Right. Because to- <laughs> it's, it's different when it's when it's something like, Oh, if you if you, you know, want to go and take yeah. this or wanna work with the person you know over there, then now, if you get to be a bit if you get to be more hands on. Right. Um, you know, with it. So I'm excited about that because I mean, I've, I've just always been supportive yeah. of what they've done because I think it's a great platform for mm-hmm. designers and it's it's really something where there's there's been designers that have been picked up and have gotten into stores, there's designers yeah. that have gotten great press within the newspapers, others have been used and styled and, and gotten magazines mm-hmm. and Vogue, Bazaar overseas yeah. have been used for things and even the models in the show have there's models that have gone on and gotten picked up and mm-hmm. modeled for big, you just know, major designers. A place so to it's it's and, a platform. Yeah. It is a good platform. It's just a question of if you're participating, how do you mm-hmm. utilize? Take advantage of how do you take it? You. Right. If somebody gives you a platform, how do you go and make the most of that? And that's where you're going to come in and change the game. So it's that's what I want the designers to understand. Okay. Is this is an opportunity and a platform and just completely make the most of it that you can for you of get the most out of, you know, being a part of Philly Fashion Week as you want.
0: So outside of Philly Fashion Week, um, as it relates to working with these designers from the beginning, from the roots, how else are you involved with some of the Philadelphia
1: design schools? Well, I do love <laughs> a lot of guest speaking. <laughs> so uh, it's been guest speaking, but uh, like with Harcum, um, mm-hmm. their senior class, I do the, I participate in their critiques. So the senior critiques. <sighs> So I can only
0: imagine the tenseness, and I
1: would go out to show something <laughs> in front of Angela Inman's. I, I participate in senior critiques. Um, so I actually have one that's uh, coming up before they do their uh, their, their final finals. fashion show. Ooh. I've attended for their final okay um, showings. Um, I've been a part of their critiques, so where they can pretend as if they're you know. Well, technically, they're not pretending. They're really, actually, they're making them actually show it. But if they were to show their portfolios and collections mm-hmm. as though they were going on a real appointment okay. with someone and to get feedback and and things like that, yeah. so that's fun to do. Um, wow. So with Harcum, that's that's what I've I've been doing with them, yeah. with the students. So. so you're
0: doing a bunch of speaking engagements um, across
1: the city, not just at schools. You're well, the one I just did, uh, was a workshop for, uh, the Philadelphia fashion incubator. Someone, the advisory board for there, uh, just joined one at the, around the end of, uh, 2018. So, I uh, just did a fundamentals of business, uh, fashion workshop for the new class of, uh, 2019 That's <laughs> design. That's they're, they're a good group, they're a good group. So I was a guest speaker for their previous um, group, and then now I did a workshop for this group. So I've been doing guest speaking spots with them for about two years now. Wow. Okay, so
0: you have a lot of information to offer. You have We've talked about everything from how you started to branding, to marketing, to your speaking engagements, etc. Do you have any final words for designers and brands out there who are looking to launch and just need some advice on how to do so
1: i would say be passionate about your brand, your uh your brand your path your journey because it is a journey <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> be passionate about it because it's 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 not the easiest route um and plan okay plan
0: yeah i think that's one of the harder things to do because just, i feel like you you do you do you do and then you kind of have to realize right. Like, at right. a
1: point, you you have to you have to figure out the plan. Okay. And sometimes it 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 takes a long time, and it's not and a, and a lot of people, you know, they might especially with the pop up of all the, you know, the Instagram stores yes. and different things <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, you know, rather than sitting and just comparing yourself to everything else that you're seeing or somebody, you know, that looks further mm-hmm. ahead or whatever it, that it is with you find out what it truly is that you want to do within your journey of yep. it. Be patient about it. Plan it. It's not an overnight. <laughs> you know, it's not an overnight. It's going to take sacrifice and um and yeah, just 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 stick with it. Just just stay with it and and really just try to to plan as much as you can and make sure that you build the the structure. Yeah. It's the the foundation because being creative, it's so easy to just create Mm -hmm. and you get caught and lost in in creating, you know? So it's like you have to create the foundation Mm -hmm. as also a protection for your creativity. Wow.
0: I hope you guys heard that (laughs) because I definitely did. So I do want to thank you so much, Angela, for taking the time to talk to me and share all of your knowledge. Well, not all, but we got a lot of it. Um, and we will definitely be keeping in touch and talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Yay! All right, Famous Fam. That's been another episode of Famous Conversations. If you want more information about the Famous Agency, please visit www.thefamusagency.com.